Hello, and welcome to And Let's Be Heard for Thursday, August 10th, 2023. I'm Mike Cachopoli. All right, here we are, Thursday, moving right along in the week, right along. I want to remind you, tomorrow is uh, Friday. In case, you don't, in case you don't know the days of the week, I thought I'd remind you that tomorrow's Friday. So, uh, of course, we'll have a, a fun-filled show, hopefully a film review, hopefully. Um, I, you know, the Internet's an amazing thing. It really is. And social media is amazing in a lot of ways. Yes, there are many drawbacks. There are so many drawbacks social media. We talk about them all the time, including censorship. And we'll get to censorship in, uh, in a bit also. But there's a lot of good things about the internet. And, you know, one of the things I've always liked about the internet, now some people don't like this. But I think these are miserable people. But some people don't like this part. Some people don't like the fact that you can reconnect with old friends on the internet, right? People who you haven't seen in a while, for some reason you've lost touch and you find that you see something come across your screen and it's from them or someone who knows them, or you look up their name and you find them on Twitter or YouTube or Facebook and you reconnect. And that's happened several times over the last, you know, 10, 15 years for me. Um, but I just got a, uh, a message from a friend who I hadn't seen in 25 years, an old friend that goes back to my early radio days in New York. I'm talking really early, college radio, and uh, WSIA in Staten Island. That's where I went to college, and that's where I got the radio bug. I worked in the sports department, did some DJing at that radio station. And uh, it's someone who I had met back then, my radio days, and we were good friends for a good you know, stretch of time and lost touch probably 90, 1997, right around that time. And I've tried many times to find him, haven't been able to do it, but he found me. And you know how he just found me today, yesterday, through this podcast, my podcast. That's how he found me. And that's an amazing thing. It really is. Remember, there was a time when this was never possible, all right? Before the internet, if you lost touch with somebody, unless you happened to run into a mutual friend somewhere or got lucky, they were pretty much gone forever. It was very tough to find them. Not anymore. So I think this is a great thing about the internet. It really is. And uh, from this podcast, you know, because I, I, I do it for a lot of different reasons, but I didn't realize that it would be this, I think this is like the most important thing that's happened to me in a while through this podcast is that I've, I've, I've reconnected with an old friend in radio, um, a friend who I hadn't seen, like I said, in a quarter century. Boy, this time fly, this time fly. I, I, met my, I met this guy when I was 17 years old and I'm 52 now. Look how time flies. It's absolutely insane. It really is. But like I said, there are a lot of good things you could look. It's what you make of it. Anything, anything is what you you make of it. And, uh, you know, if you want to use the Internet 
for positive reasons, you can if you want to use it for negative reasons. A lot of people do. A lot of people use it for nefarious reasons, like one former president. But there are a lot of good things you can do with the Internet also. And I think this reconnecting thing is uh, is part of it. If, you know, I know there are some people you don't want to reconnect with. I get it. I get it. But I think for each of us, there are at least a few people that we have lost touch with that we'd like to reconnect with. And this is uh, it's amazing. Who would have thought this? Who would have thought it? You know, but that's a positive thing that happened today. And there's someone in the queue, the caller queue. I don't know if the name Jack. I'm not sure if this is my friend or not, but I know he joined Colin. But uh, you know what? Let's find out. We'll talk to him anyway. Let's see. Hey, Jack, you're on and let's be heard. Hey, Mike. Uh, Long time listener, first time caller. Uh, no, this is not my old friend, but this is Jack. A, hey, Jack, how you doing? Yeah, I'm good. <laughs> um, I have a story related to your thing. So basically, sure. um, I was with this girl for two years. Mm-hmm. For two the years. The girl huh? that I'd like always kind of been fascinated with not because i knew her really well or anything but she worked at the video store right near my place back when video and um and you know i'd I'd hire a video basically once a week you know girl brown hair brown eyes you know whatever and um her name is sophie wait this is a video store you made it a video store yeah, well, I mean, she worked at the video store, you know, behind the counter and stuff. So I'd often hire videos from her, and I thought she was really pretty. And I, I would speak to her normally. It's not like we had, like, this big flirty thing going on or whatever, but I always thought she was really attractive and whatever. And I was like, fuck. And, and she kind of had this mysterious look and everything, unlike my previous girlfriend. Okay. Um, right. And uh, right. anyway, I just kind of... Like one day I was like thinking of like going to the video store, like once I'd broken up with my girlfriend and asking her out and I was like, Oh, I'm such a little bitch, you know, I couldn't get up the courage to do it. Anyway, <laughs> like what happened like about six weeks after I broke up with my girlfriend, she uh reached out to me on Facebook. Uh, uh, she I don't know how she knew my last name or oh no, that's right, yeah. She was friends with my best friend's uh, ex-girlfriend and then and then she asked him uh, sorry she asked her like oh what's that guy's last name basically I was this other girl Sophie my contact and then you know and then Sophie you know joined you know she added me on Facebook and I was like oh my god this, this girl that I like is adding me on Facebook and um, anyway, so she added me and stuff. And then we had, you know, a few, you know, chats and whatever. And then, uh, like, ended up, you know, setting a date and we met up. I made out with her. She made the move because I was too much of a little bitch to do it myself. And, um, and, then, <laughs> and then I ended up dating her for two years. And, uh, and then she broke up with me and stuff. And then, like, we still stayed in touch on Facebook a bit. But, uh... You know, she kind of like became like a different person or whatever, and then like I just deleted her and stuff because I couldn't bear her. But but yeah, it's like it's crazy. I mean, if Facebook didn't exist, like I, I just don't think that I ever would have asked her out uh, at the video shop. Uh, I would have just like you know chosen somebody at university or something like that. 
And um, and like maybe she would have had the courage to ask me out, but I wouldn't count on it. You know, like it's it's much less threatening. Like it's like, oh, will you go out on a date with me? You know, at a video shop, and you're like the you're like the clientele or, or whatever. Then it, it might look unprofessional, so you can't really necessarily do that. Um, and it's even harder for girls. So. Yeah, I just thought that was like a, a relevant kind of story to say. And but but yeah, I was, I was with her for two years, and you know I thought I was going to marry her, but I didn't. But yeah, it's just it, it's crazy, you know, how the internet can do stuff like that. And um, well, and now, now fa- Facebook, and, yeah, Facebook has dating now, doesn't it? Oh, I don't know. I mean, I, I don't really yeah. use Facebook. Yeah. But, um, yeah. So that so it's, you mean like it's got like a Facebook Tinder version? Is that what you mean? Say again? Yes, yes. Facebook has their own little dating thing now. Their yeah, well, little... look, I'm not surprised. If, if They obviously just kind of, they probably heard stories and stuff of what I just said, and then they're like, oh, why don't you do that? <laughs> um, and, uh, and, yeah, then this other girl, like um, my my friend, so there's this thing in China called WeChat, and it's just basically just the, the equivalent of uh, Facebook. Um, and uh, And there's this, there's like this mode on it called, uh, you know, like people nearby. So you turn right. the GPS on, you do, do people nearby, and then it'll just show, and you can select anyone or just girls or whatever. And I, right. and I think you can select the age range as well. Anyway. It sounds, so it sounds, guy, like, sounds like Tinder. It's like Tinder, basically. That's what it sounds like, yeah. Oh, right, yeah, but except yeah. there's no, like, dating specification. You can't say, oh, I'm, I'm out to date. Because it, it can just be people nearby, and you just, like, kind of jack chat and uh like online and you never meet up with them and whatever but i don't know right. I, I guess maybe it's typically used for dating because i've never used it but but yeah basically what happened was um my friend when he was living in china he he just did the the wechat nearby thing and then he ended up fucking dating the girl and he got married to her um and you know he brought this chinese girl back to america she I think has become a citizen now but they were together for like uh, you know, like two years in China and then maybe three years in America, and then she cheated on him three times, and now they're divorced. <laughs> so I don't know, maybe maybe the fucking internet thing is a bit cursed, but well, yeah, like, it's just crazy what can happen. Yeah, yeah, it's you know, it's it's what you make of it. Like I said, but there are good things that can come from it also. That like I said, yeah, I mean, I just gave two bad examples, but obviously, yeah, you can meet up with old friends and shit, and uh, right, uh, one more yeah. thing, and then I'll let you speak as the host. Um, yeah. Sure. Yeah, recently, like, so basically, I used to <clears throat> do this thing. It's got a really gay name. It's called aggressive rollerblading, and uh, and it's aggressive really, like, rollerblading. Yeah, and it's, it's okay. just like it's just inline skating and stuff, except you can like slide down handrails and. You know, oh, do, like, I've seen it. I've seen it. Okay, right. Yeah, I got so you. I used to yeah. do that, and um, and like when I was like starting off and stuff, I was just trying like constantly test myself in terms of like you know. Uh, Bravery uh, and whatever. Anyway, one of the things I was doing with my friend was like we would like go down his driveway and then like see who could like you know it was kind of like chicken. It's like we we would see how long we could go before we started slowing ourselves down. And we would often just at the at the end of his at the end of his driveway was was this garage and um and and it had a window there, but mostly mostly it was just bricks. Anyway. So we were going down, and so this was my idea to do this, by the way. But he went along with it, and um, and he wasn't as skilled as me in rollerblading. Um, 
it wasn't as coordinated and stuff. And anyway, like what happened was he kind of, he was doing this break thing with me and I was always going into the wall and whatever and I was fine and stuff. But then one time he like kind of went out of control and instead of like putting his hands on the wall when he reached the end of the garage, he put his hands right through the window. And, you know, it's not like the movies where nothing happens. It's like, you know, it's not sand glass. It's fucking real glass. Wait, sorry, sugar glass. Um, sugar real glass. glass and it fucking sliced his arm. <laughs> oh, Jesus. Like, there was... There was like literally like it was spurting out about I'd say fifteen centimeters in the air. You like cut an artery. That's gross. And um and then oh, it was fucking insane. And you know, I was like thirteen at the time. I was like, oh fuck, what the fuck do we do? And then like um uh like uh you know, because I didn't know how to do like a tourniquet and all that shit. Um so uh. Anyway, so then I was, like, fucking banging the door to, like, get in the house. But, but his, he had, like, an older brother, and he left fucking with us. So he'd locked all the doors. And I didn't have a mobile phone because, um, you know, not everyone had phones in those days. And I was like, fucking hell, just open the fucking door. And he wouldn't, and he wouldn't like, cut, he, like, he didn't hear me because he was, like, upstairs and we were downstairs. And, uh-huh. and then he finally came out eventually. And, like, my friend had, like, passed out from such, like, amount of blood loss. He didn't die or anything. He's fine now. I'm but, glad to hear that. Um, yeah, yeah. But, he, but you know, like, once you lose a certain amount of blood, you just kind of faint, you know? So he fainted. Blood everywhere. And then, and then you know, once the brother came out, we called the ambulance and stuff. The ambulance came and got him. Anyway, but it didn't just, like, slice an artery. It also kind of uh, sliced the nerve. So he couldn't, like, um, fully, like, move his index finger and his thumb in in the arm that got that got sliced uh he could move it a bit but like not really like just kind of imagine you'd like broken your bones there you know so what they did Uh was um they 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 did surgery and they took a nerve out of his i don't know out of his foot or out of his leg or something like out of his pinky toe area type of thing or something like that which is you know basically useless and uh and they put it into his hand and stuff. So now he can pretty much use his hand completely normally. Like maybe he can't clench as hard as you or I, but basically normal. Like he can do. Wait a minute! It, it actually things. this thing actually worked. Putting taking yeah, a nerve yeah, out of his worked. foot. Yeah, the whole yeah yeah it's yeah it's a common thing to do. Yeah. Um, wow. So, you know, kind of like along the similar vein of like a skin graft or whatever, except this is a nerve graft. Um, and uh, yeah, so he's he's all fine now and stuff but i don't know like i've i've had these nightmares and like i have a nightmare you know basically every night every second night and it's always like often it's about like my past and things like that and i will often have these like like these dreams about like his parents like saying oh jack is he's so he was so bad to our son and look he fucked our son up permanently because of his irresponsible behavior and and I kind of wondered if, if my friend Robert also had the same feeling. He never, no one ever said anything to me, but I don't know if they just felt that way and they didn't say, I don't know. Anyway, like, so they, this happened, you know, I'm 34 now. This happened when I was 18. Mm-hmm. So 21 years have gone by. But then the other day I was just like, okay, that's, I'm fucking sick of these dreams. And obviously this is at my sub- subconscious. Uh, I've got to address this. So I still know his name and uh, it went off him or whatever um uh but 
Yeah, I just typed. I just typed in the message and I said, "Look, I'm really sorry about that thing and stuff that happened to you. I hope you're okay." Blah 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 blah. He didn't reply to me. Maybe he does have a grudge towards me or whatever. But at least I could like say that I'm sorry to him. You know, because like this. Yeah, well, that's that's an amazing thing. You you've had so you've had this kind of guilt all of all, all these years, and. Yeah, now totally you have found consciously and, and whatever. Yeah, well, yeah, it doesn't. I, look, I wouldn't. I'd say you're not guilty. You didn't do anything wrong. You were a kid, but um, it, it's like now you have a way to actually reach out and say, you know, a, a movie can be made about that, Jack. You know, and and a, a movie can be made um, about that. And I thank you for the call. I appreciate it. But uh, Daniel, you came in late, so he can, it's like a a student who comes in late to a session at school and want to know what's going on. And the teacher would usually say, too fucking bad, right? But I won't say that, I'm a nice teacher. Well, the whole idea is, what Jack was talking about was, I had started this by saying that I had reconnected with an old friend who found me through my podcast um, on on the on social media, someone who I hadn't uh, talked to or seen for 25 years. So that's the, what Jack was referring to is basically, you know, here's this kid who he had this event with when they were teenagers, early teens. And now he's able to reach out and say, you know what? I've been thinking about that. I've been sitting on my conscience. I've been having dreams about this. And I kind of feel bad for what happened. Now, before the Internet, that would have been impossible to do. A good movie can be made about this. Right? Think about a guy who feels like he's really done people wrong, several people. And he reaches out through the Internet to try to do a mea culpa for for people this sounds like a nice wholesome kind of movie but there could be twists to it also maybe we'll think about it but another interesting thing and jack thanks i really appreciate that um is this friend who i reconnected with remember i i said i met him i was 17 i guess he was 31 and uh he was a staunch conservative and i was a young liberal would have these funny arguments and this goes back to like the bush Dukakis election. And now I'm talking to him and you know, I'm, exp- I'm saying, oh, look, we, we agree now. And it turns out he is now a liberal progressive and I'm more conservative. So we can argue again <laughs> just from different signs. But it's amazing how people change. And it's not always. I think the, the more common way is you become more conserv- conservative as you get older. But he became more liberal. I actually have another friend who became much more liberal as he got older. Um, so it's uh, it can work both ways, but it was, I, found, I found it very funny that we're, we're polar opposites back then. And now we're polar opposites now, except we both voted for Bernie. You see that? So we kind of like met a little bit and then diverted. It's very interesting how life takes you in all these different directions. Um, but I guess that's the warm, fuzzy part of the day. Uh, there's other things that are, are going on here. Um, it's very interesting, by the way. Also, he had said that the reason why he went from liber- he went from conservative to liberal was he became very upset at the religious right taking over the Republican Party. Um, guys like Jerry Falwell and going after Bill Clinton and all that stuff, and that kind of the religious part of it um, soured him to the Republican Party, which I can understand. I think that's a long time ago. I don't think that's exactly the party anymore. And 
it's exactly what I say about how I soured to the Democratic Party, right? Especially over the last few years, right? With the COVID stuff or the authoritarianism. So sometimes something happens with the party that you belong to, the ideology you belong to, and it changes the way you think about things. I think that's called being human. What's not being human is being a cult member where you can never change. And that's probably 90 to 95% of the country, right? People are Democrats from when they first start voting or Republicans from the, when they first start voting and they very rarely change throughout their lives, even when things happen, which should make them change if they were thinking people and weren't part of a cult. And that's what I talk about with the Trump cult is that no matter what he does, they cannot, they will not leave his side. No matter how he acts out, no matter how many criminal things he does, no matter how much he shows about, it's all about him, it doesn't matter. They stay by his side, no matter what, to the point where they will like a guy, they will love a guy, and then they'll hate that same guy because the cult leader tells them they must hate that guy. That's very sick. Think about that in your personal life. You really like somebody. You love that person. You think they're great. Someone comes along and says, no, I want you to hate that person. Oh, yes, sir. Yes, sir. And now I hate that person. How crazy do you have to be? You have to be pretty insane. And cult members are insane. Some are insane for a temporary amount of time, and some are insane until they're no longer on the earth. So that's, I, I have no problem with people changing. I really don't. I find it humorous sometimes. I'm like, oh, okay. What made you change your mind? What made you change your thinking? Okay, let me know. And often it's something that's pretty, I think, pretty substantial. Yeah, the, the religious right took over the Republican Party, especially for a period of time. That could sour you. Great. You're not in a cult. You changed. With me, you know, it was the authoritarianism of the Democratic Party, right? Uh, the wokeness, there are a million different things. But, you know, wokeness taking over the extreme left, taking over the authoritarianism during COVID, so on and so forth. And that those, are, I think, are pretty substantial things that would sour me to a party. And I'm not in a cult, so I can leave the party. doesn't bother me at all. No skin off my ass, as they say. And I think that's a normal progression for human beings to be able to change, to be able to say, you know what? This is not, this is, you know, I'm a, I'm, a, I'm a reasonable person and I can make decisions and I can change based on information, right? Uh, based on how you're acting, right? Based on how the party's acting, people within the party are acting, you're in relationships with people and they change, right? They change their behavior. They change the way they act. They change their personality. You hear this all the time in relationships, right? Uh, I'm sorry. You know, I, I used to really like this person. Now I, know I used to be in love with this person. Now I'm not anymore because they changed their personality. They changed. I didn't change. They changed. And now I'm out. And we continue to see this reluctancy to drop this guy, Trump, just just drop him, finish it. It's over. He had his run. You had your run, period. And now he won't sign. So let's see. Once again, he won't sign the loyalty agreement, which says he will support whoever the nominee is. This is commonplace. This is like dotting I's and crossing T's. If you run in a party, if a party allows you to run, okay, 
under their umbrella, you just agree that, yeah, I'm going to be a good sport. And if I don't win, I'll support the person who's running because I want them to beat the person in the other party, namely Joe Biden or Gavin Newsom or Kamala Harris, whoever it may be. And Trump won't do that because Trump wants one way loyalty. You must be loyal to him. He has the balls, the cojones to say Ron DeSantis is disloyal because he's simply running against him. DeSantis is disloyal to Trump because he's simply running for president at the same time that Donald Trump is running for president. Yet, it's okay for Trump to say, no, I don't have to be loyal to the Republican, to other Republicans at all. So they must be loyal to me, but I don't have to be loyal to them. Now, why is he doing this? Well, there are two reasons. One is he's chickening out of the debates. Now, part of the policy, if you're going to be on the debate stage, is you have to sign that loyalty pledge or you can't be on the debate stage. So Trump is now at the last minute doing this so he can say, well, I would have participated, but I don't want to sign their loyalty pledge. So I can't. They're preventing me. You see, it's always someone else's fault. It's always someone else's responsibility. This is what he has. I'm not chicken shit. I'm not chicken shit. I, I, I know that DeSantis and Christie are going to kick my ass in front of, you know, 11 million people for two hours. I know that. So I'm chicken shit. But I'm going to blame the Republican Party for making me sign this pledge, and I'm not signing it, and they're preventing me from debating. They're stopping me from debating because he's always the victim. Donald John Trump is always the fucking victim. So he won't sign the loyalty pledge. Another reason he's not signing the loyalty pledge is because when he loses this primary, and he will lose this primary, he's going to say it was rigged. Because we all know if Donald Trump loses, it's rigged. If Donald Trump wins, it's fair. You see, that's the that's Trump world. If he wins, it's fair. If he loses, it's rigged because he can't fucking lose because he's so fucking great. How could he lose? Someone as great as DJ Trump can't lose fairly. If he loses, it's rigged because we all love him. And yet this lowlife scumbag who fucking a blind person can see through, his cult won't leave him. If he signs the loyalty pledge, they'll say he's a brilliant guy. If he doesn't sign it, oh, fuck the Republicans, right? Whatever he does is okay with them, no matter how abhorrent it is, no matter how wrong it is, no matter how hypocritical it is. And that is the definition of a cult. The cult leader can do no wrong, even when he does horribly wrong, like murder, like mass murder. There's got to be a reason. He's got his reasons. That's what the cult believes. The cult leader is so great, he has his reasons to murder people. Trump has his reasons to not debate. Trump has his reasons, valid reasons, for not signing a loyalty pledge.
Everything Trump does, he has valid reasons for doing, even if the other guy, they would totally destroy, and they do destroy the other guy for doing the same things, right? Like DeSantis running against Trump, like like Biden not debating. DeSantis is disloyal for running against Trump. Biden is a fucking wimp pussy for not debating. But for Trump, it's all fine. He doesn't got to be loyal, and he doesn't got to debate. Now, we know his original reasoning for not debating before using the loyalty pledge as an excuse eight days whatever 12 days before the elect before the debate is that he is so far ahead that he shouldn't have to he's so far ahead uh six months before anyone cast a vote through polls which are like fucking air okay we don't even know a poll we don't even know what, what is a poll what is it it's nothing Votes are real. Polls aren't real. Over the last 10 years, we've seen polls wrong much more than they're right. So based on polling, he says he doesn't have to debate. Not that he won the first seven states. No. Remember, if he won the first seven states easily, he might have more of a valid. I think you should always debate, no matter what. If you don't want to debate, it means you're a fucking pussy. You're a pussy, period. But... He'd have a little more validity to his reasoning if after seven or eight rounds of real voting and real results, he said, look, they don't have a chance. I'm not going to I'm not going to debate them. But this is six months before the first vote is cast based on polling from firms that no one has ever heard of before this year. That was his reasoning for not debating. Yet he and his cult will bash Biden for not debating RFK Jr. when Biden is the sitting president and he's 40 points ahead in polls. So why does Biden have to debate, but Trump doesn't? Does that make any fucking sense? Of course not. But Trump can do no wrong. If Trump debates, he's the greatest person in the world. If he decides not to debate, he's got his reasons. He's the greatest person in the world. Cult. It's a cult. And you can't talk to them. My response to any Trumper on social media now is, you're in a cult, I don't talk to you. You're in a cult, bye-bye. That's my response to them. My same response to Covidians, you're in a cult, I don't need to talk to you. You can't be reasoned with, go away, you don't exist to me. Leave the cult and we can talk. While you're in the cult, you don't exist to me, period. I don't talk to cult members. I don't talk to Manson lovers. I don't talk to Jim Jones supporters, okay? But then there's the other cult leader. There are two of them. There's one named Trump and one named Biden. So Dr. J, Dr. J, Dr. Bats, I like to call him Dr. Dr. Bats, Dr. J, but if you're in the mafia, we call him Dr. Bats. Dr. Bats put on Twitter today um, something. Oh, oh this is, these are the oral arguments. This is Missouri v. Biden. And this is about the censoring of the speech on Twitter during COVID and Facebook and so on and so forth. This is from Attorney General Andrew Bailey. Today's oral argument in Missouri v. Biden proved what we've known all along. The Biden administration has shamelessly and relentlessly coerced and colluded 
with social media platforms to censor free speech. Biden's lawyer seriously insinuated, seriously, COVID caused a lot in the world to change, a lot in the world to change, and thus government censorship is then permissible because COVID caused a lot in the world to change. Government censorship is now allowable. This is actually their argument, okay? Biden's lawyer also said that Americans have not been harmed by the vast censorship and surprise emanating from the Biden White House. Every American who has a post removed or deplatformed would beg to differ, says Mr. Bailey. Biden's lawyer asserted that they have never once threatened social media companies into censoring free speech. He must be suffering from memory loss. Here's a recap. Joe Biden told reporters that Facebook is killing people because they originally refused to silence truthful info about the COVID vaccine. Jen Psaki spouted from the White House podium that social media companies would lose their Section 230 immunity if they didn't work with the feds to remove disfavored speech. White House Digital Director Bob Flaherty told Twitter that if your product is appending misinformation to our suites, that seems like a pretty fundamental issue. Flaherty used the F word to convey his disgust to social media companies that Biden's Instagram account wasn't gaining followers after Meta's algorithm identified it as a spread of vaccine misinformation. You can't make this stuff up. Quickly after these interactions, the social media company's resistance to censor quickly crumbled. Back to the highlights of the hearing. One of the judges noted that the exchanges between the feds and the social media companies include veiled and not so veiled threats as the government strong arms the tech companies into censoring speech. Another judge called out Biden's lawyer, noting that you talk about these meetings between the feds and social media companies as if they're friendly. The judge also pointed out that when the federal government says jump, social media companies merely say how high, seemingly due to the immense pressure to censor American speech. The same judge then asked Biden's lawyer if hypothetically, if matters, it matters if the federal government knowingly censors true speech, if it disagrees with the government's narrative, i.e. COVID-19. The government unabashedly said no. Today's hearing was further proof that Joe Biden has zero respect for the Constitution. But Missouri's fighting back. He got away with this blatant First Amendment. He won't get away with the First Amendment violation. Stay tuned. So this is what the Biden administration is saying. This is what his lawyers are saying, that the government, if they feel the need, they can, if they, if they feel it, something achieves a certain threshold, then they can censor. So the, in the First Amendment, does it say anything about if a cold virus spreads, then there's no longer First Amendment? Does the, did the founding fathers put any caveats in there that if the, if the, if the Alzheimer ridden 80 year old and the people who pull his strings feel there's some kind of a certain threat or change in the world that the First Amendment doesn't apply anymore. Does it say that? Because I'm thinking the founding fathers, if they believed that was the case, they would have put that little uh, caveat in there. But there's like no little uh, caveat in there. Our First Amendment rights, our constitutional rights don't go away because the government says there's an emergency. Because the government says, oh, this is too important for the First Amendment.
The First Amendment doesn't apply to this. We're going to suspend it for yeah a year or two or three or twelve because we decide that we need to suspend it for a year or two or three or twelve. It's not the way things work. But the fact that these people think this is a defense shows how fucked fucked up they are, how authoritarian they are. And as I've said, the the, the left hates the Constitution. They simply don't believe in it. They don't believe in the First Amendment. They don't believe in the Second Amendment. They believe they should have guns. Their guards should have guns. But you can't have a gun. The guy that wants to kill you or rape you should have a gun. But you can't defend yourself with a gun. They believe that their speech is protected. That the speech they agree with, that is protected speech. But your speech, the speech they don't agree with, that's not protected. That's dangerous terror. You're, you're a dangerous terrorist, domestic terrorist, and the First Amendment doesn't apply to you because they say, they say. This is their mindset. This proves this is their mindset, and it proves what I've said all along. Democrats hate the Constitution. They don't like it. They want to change it. They wish it wasn't there. They wish they could rewrite it their way. The COVID pandemic gave it the right to violate the First Amendment, and it has the right to censor even true speech, criticizing its positions authoritarian in tooth and claw, says Jay Batts. And he's 100% right. But once again, this proves this is what they believe. The First Amendment doesn't apply because I say it doesn't apply. What did Nixon say? It isn't illegal. If the, pres- if the president does it, it's not illegal. Well, that's what Biden's saying. If I say it's not free speech, it ain't free speech, Jack. It ain't free speech, Jack. Fucking idiot. Not you. Dale. Is that Dale? Oh, no. It's the Dale show. Dale, how are you? Hell yeah, Mike. Um, Yeah, no, I just, uh, I couldn't... Uh... I couldn't let your your room title pass without uh, mentioning the fact that I also enjoy speaking. <laughs> you, you enjoy you enjoy free speech. I I enjoy the fuck out of free speech, man. Exactly, exactly. Uh, I had to I had to make sure to drop that dime in the bucket. Now remember, I let that pass. Right. Um, bring me the speaker and bring me the moderator if you want, so I can bring other people to call her. Yada yada, I always I always uh, in, invite uh, every every listener in every room. Invite all your friends. I'm gonna do the same thing right now. I'm inviting everyone. Oh, are you, are you doing the actual inviting thing? Where you like? Yeah, yeah. I'm inviting oh, people okay. to invite people. You're actually hitting the invite thing. I've never, why, why have I never yep. thought of that? It's it's that. very easy. It's very well, easy. you know, and you might get um, you might get all fifteen people that follow you. Well, you know, the problem is, the is that when you're on about midnight, you know, Pacific three yeah, know. Eastern, a lot of people that you invite. It's around there. two here. Yeah, a lot of people are going to be snoring, but that's all right. That's okay. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I was just in a room where we lost people to sleep. <laughs> yes. No, but I mean, it's a good. Mean, literally, thing. It was a bo- literally is a boring room, or it got no. late. Oh, oh, no, no, okay. no, no, okay. no, 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 no. One of the one of the reasons people enjoy Colin is even though we're not real life friends, 
they get to fall asleep to the sound of their internet friends just having a jam. Yeah. It's fucking actually, <laughs> you've done it. <laughs> you've done it, Mike. I know you've done it. <laughs> I never fall asleep. Yep. <laughs> Period. I don't fall asleep. I don't sleep. <laughs> uh, okay, well. Okay, like, what, what do you think? It. I'm Joe Biden, like in the middle of a, a press yeah. conference. I'm going to take a nap. I'm not going to do that. I don't know. I'm, I'm I'm just suggesting that you understand what I'm well, saying. Dale, what is, if I can ask you directly, what does free speech mean to you? All of the fun. What do you mean? What does that mean? I think I have a... a All of the here. fun is my core principle. Holy crap. You pushed a button, and I'll try not to pull all the levers. Free speech to me means you get to say whatever you want, whether mm-hmm. it's right or wrong or a lie or not. There you go. There you go. All right. Um. Well, that whole idea of right or wrong. Okay, look, we can all agree on some things, right? Sunrise, sunset, the time of the sunrise, the time of the sunset. That those are exact. That's exact science. We're not even done agreeing if the world is a globe yet. Right, right. That's true. That's very true. Or whether the moon landing was real or not. If we're right? not done agreeing on that. Right, we're not done agreeing on that. So this whole idea, by the way, of is something right, is something wrong, is subjective. You can say it's right, and I'll say it's wrong. Okay, so who's right and who's wrong? Does it matter? Not really. It doesn't, because people can make up their own minds. You could say your piece. I can say my piece. And then people can say, oh, Mike has some validity. Dale has some, or Dale's 100% right or 100% wrong. And that's the way the world works. But the problem is, Dale, there are so many people, especially the, it seems like the regular people like you and me are not offended by uh, free speech or disagreement or anything. But the higher up people are, the more they seem to want to control speech, right? They want to control the narrative. <laughs> they want to control. Yeah, I wonder why, Mike. I wonder yeah. why. Well, it's it's that's the pattern I see is that the higher up people are, like Biden, the more they want to control speech and the more they believe. You know, wanting to control speech is one thing. There are a lot of people who are control freaks, but they believe they have the right to do it the legal the ethical the moral right and in this missouri v biden they're proving it they're basically saying if we want to censor speech we can go to hell and that's what they're saying so people have to decide if that's the kind of country they want do you want that kind of leadership that believes that that believes they can have the right to censor speech if the time calls for it because they say the time calls for it. They say it. The time calls for it. People are getting colds. We have to censor. People, people, are, getting, people are getting the sniffles. It's time to censor speech, right? People are getting the sniffles. Oh, wait a minute. The, the global temperature, one, one thousandth of a percent. Time to censor speech. And you know that's what's coming next. Climate hey, change. Mike, uh, my house has something to say. Your house? Yeah, I live in my RV. Oh, do you really? Yeah, it's fucking beautiful. So do you, do you like, travel around? When I can get it started. Oh, otherwise you just... 80 miles an hour, eagerly. 
But I'm being rained on, and it sounds fucking beautiful in the where, summer. Where are you right now? Minneapolis. Oh, I've only been there once. Long time ago. Long time RV ago. RV life is fucking amazing. I, I always twist conversations. I didn't want to twist it too far. Head topic, and let's be heard. Oh, yeah. Head topic is jam session. Uh, <laughs> jam session. Isn't that singing? Isn't that jam session singing? We all sing. Yeah, oh, well, I mean, you like outside, heard. We have outside uh, lens this weekend. Is that what it's called? Mike, outside. put me up to speakers so that you can take callers. You know, if Bill decides to call or whatever. Who? You know, oh, Bill. Always, uh, meathead. Yeah, yeah. Bill's an amazing guy. I like to call him Bill. I like to call him Meathead. I don't like to. Meathead. Yeah. Well, yeah, know. that's it. Well, yeah. But, but, uh, but what I'm going to yes, do. There it is. I, there it is. I told I know, you. I know. I know. But I right now. I'm just going to uh, mute you because I want to talk about something else and then we can bring you back in. And then Bill, of course, also. Um, let's see here. What else did I want to talk about? Was there something else I want to talk about? Maybe I didn't want to talk about anything else. Yes, there's two quick things I want to talk about. And, uh, you know, whether this is true or not, I think it is true. But whether anything happens about this or not is a different story. There are conservative law professors. Now, these are conservative right-wing law professors who say that the Constitution, we're talking about the Constitution, so this makes sense, bans Trump from the presidency. That is an immediate disqualification. So two leading, highly credentialed conservative constitutional law professors say the U.S. Constitution already disqualifies Trump from holding office. Uh, because of his participation in the attempted overthrow of the 2020 presidential election. In a 126 University of Pennsylvania law review paper published Wednesday, University of Chicago law professor Bill Bowd and University of St. Thomas Law School professor Mike Stokes Paulson introduced their work by writing, Section 3 of the 14th Amendment forbids holding office by former office holders who then participate in insurrection or rebellion because of a range of misperceptions and mistaken assumptions section three's full legal consequences have not been appreciated or enforced this article corrects those mistakes by setting forth the full sweep and force of section three according to pushback claims made previously by others in defense of a second trump term they write section three remains an enforceable part of the constitution not limited to the Civil War, and not effectively repealed by 19th century amnesty legislation. They say Congress needs to do nothing to implement Trump's immediate disqualification from office. Section 3 is self-executing, operating as an immediate disqualification from office. Without the need for additional action by Congress, it can and should be enforced by every official, state, or federal who judges uh, qualifications. So look, this is part of what will happen. The Republicans won't do it, right? They will They will put him on the ballots when it comes to the primaries. Most likely, that's my feeling. I don't. I don't see any. I don't see any of these Republican primaries with Trump not being on the ballot. But what would happen if he were to advance to a general election? Is you will get many states. Of course, most of them, if not all of them, Democrat. But so what? <laughs> or or swing states or purple states that are run by Democrats right now. And there were several of them, thanks to Trump. That will not put him on the ballot. He won't be on the ballot. 
So I want to ask Trumpers how he's going to win when he's not going to be able to get 270. In other words, he won't be on enough ballots to mathematically get to 270. How's that, how's that going to work out? How's that going to work? And they will have every right to do it based on the Constitution. And of course, if he's convicted, then it's even more of a slam dunk. So I want to ask, how do you get to 270? By osmosis? Are you just going to complain again that it was fixed? Oh, we're such losers. We just complain when we lose instead of backing an actual winner. This is a problem. It's a huge problem. And there's another court case now, and I'll get to Bill in a, right after this. Wisconsin judge allows a civil case against fake Trump electors to proceed. This is part of the criminal case that Mr. Smith has filed. Mr. Smith went to Washington and filed this, uh, the, the January 6th case, in that he tried to overturn the election by instituting him and his six co-conspirators as these fake electors who pretended to be electors and acted as fake electors to get him to file for, false false certificates that confirmed they were legitimate electors, despite Joe Biden's victory in their state. This was Trump's plan to overturn the election. So now there's a civil case going in Wisconsin, okay? And I'm sure there's going to be more criminal cases uh, uh, filed as well. So this is one thing after another. It really is. It's one thing after another, after another, after another, after another, after another. And it's not necessary. It's just not necessary. It's not. It's time to dump this bloated, belligerent fool. Dump him to the side. Okay, hold on a second. What is, it's been very hinky. This app has been so damn hinky here. Let me see. Do I want to get Bill on here? Yes. Okay, Bill. Uh, I think this should work. Hey, Bill, you there? Hey, Mike. Can you hear me? Yes. How's it going? How's good. It going, good. Listen. Um, okay. So now, you know, I can't stand Trump. And I think he should be in prison, but for other reasons. <laughs> you right? always start with that, then go, but? Well, I have to. I have to say, if you're going to talk legal arguments, I'm going to push back on you. If we have a discussion, fine. If you'd rather not, we can move on Go to ahead. other subjects. Go ahead. Okay. Okay. So I got some things to live chat. One is attorney Robert Barnes, Viva uh -huh. Free, and his arguments, which I'll cover, which we, one of the arguments based on um, a report done by two university professors that was withheld by the attorney general of Georgia that the Dominion machines are totally hackable, and they cite why in that report. Uh, Raffensperg hid the report. Um, so then you also have Tucker Carlson's, uh, when he cited on Russell Brand that the Capitol Police Chief Stephen's son uh, said that the uh, J6 was filled with federal agents. So, so in other words, those are causative, those two facts, not to mention you have the Biden Burisma laptop withheld from uh, DOJ, FBI, withholding that prior to the election. So what I'm trying to say is, from a legal aspect, here's what I, my arguments would be if I was Trump's attorney. And uh, some of this is obviously echoed by Attorney Robert Barnes. Constitutional attorney went to Yale. 
So I think Trump should be in jail, but not for this. Okay, let me just say that. He should be in prison. He's a sex trafficker. He's a criminal, you know, totally casino, hotel, you know, Italian, Jewish crime families. You know, the whole thing's filth. But that aside, okay. All right, so getting to the legal arguments here. Okay, so first of all, if you're going to talk about the election without citing, we have to, fraud officiates everything. We've, we've got... Prior to the election, we have the Biden Burisma laptop being withheld. Yes. So the electorate did not have that information. Now, if I'm Trump's attorney and I'm Trump, I'm going to cite that. I'm also going to cite the Dominion voting machine report that was withheld from two years as, you know, because don't forget in criminal, you have to prove beyond a reasonable doubt. So the standard of proof is very, very high. You're going to get a hung jury in this because of these two uh, relevant factors right off the bat, in my opinion. Then, you, okay, so then you have, um, so you got that, that, oh, the J6, okay, Fed's direction, we can call it. And they're all, man, can you imagine the shitstorm of evidence that can come out between Burisma laptop, between the voting machine frauds, between the, the Fed's direction? I mean, there's no jury is going to convict him. That's my opinion because of all the possible. I'm going to disagree with you 100%. Well, that's fine. We could agree to disagree. The Washington, D.C. jury, and they'll convict him on almost everything. I'm, I'm, once again, now, I'm a criminal. I'm, yes, in the criminal case against him. They will convict him on everything. Now, once again, I'm not saying uh, they may convict him based on evidence they believe is a preponderance of evidence against him, or 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 part of it can just be that they hate Donald Trump in Washington, D.C., <laughs> and that jury is not going to be favorable to him. You know? So that's part of the process, right? Right, but there's always the appellates. Even if he gets convicted in Washington... He can appeal that. Yes, uh, anyone, can any, appeal it. Any, anyone who's convicted can appeal, of course. Right, right. Now, just to, to get into uh, real quickly Robert Barnes' arguments, first of all, what, what he's citing is the right of free speech, the right of uh, protection from illegal search and seizure. So you got First Amendment, Fourth Amendment, right of, um, obviously, the right to speak out. In his opinion, uh, you could disagree with it, uh, you know, but if I'm Trump's attorney, oh, the other thing is criminalizing as a co-conspirator attorney-client privilege. The idea that him talking to his attorneys and that somehow making them, according to the articles of the indictment, somehow unnamed co-conspirators is is something that all attorneys will push back against, obviously. Mm -hmm. um, so, uh, you know, then you have... Uh, the Fifth and Sixth Amendment rights regarding due process and criminal according to the law rule book, the common law case laws, statutes, et cetera, et cetera. So, and, um, so my prediction for what it's worth, we'll find out, is that whatever happens, even if he is convicted in, uh, Washington DC, it'll go to the appellates and it's highly unlike, I, I don't think they can get everybody because you need a high bar of, and, and criminal much higher than in civil as far as the jury's concerned, uh, to convict. Mm -hmm. um, you know, that's beyond a reasonable doubt versus civil, which is preponderance. This isn't a civil case. So so I don't think he'll be convicted. If he is, he'll appeal it. I, eventually, what it's going to do is run a long period of time here, which is going to derail his, uh, uh, in, in the sense that I think this will benefit DeSantis, which I think is a good thing. Uh, in the long run, because of course I'd rather see DeSantis get elected. Okay, there's more, but yeah. once again, I, I have to also. I think that Trump doesn't believe he's going to win. This is why. So they have set the date. 
they set the trial date, and if you heard mm-hmm. about for this stuff, the January sixth stuff in D.C. to January right. January second, and Trump is out there screaming, "Oh no, that's a too early. It's not a good date. Wait a minute. If you know that you're innocent, if you know you're going to be found not guilty of all these charges, wouldn't you want to get this over with quickly? Wouldn't you want to get it over with before the voting starts? Wouldn't you want to be an innocent uh, uh, man come?" middle of January when that voting starts. So if you think it's such a slam dunk and you're not guilty of any of these charges, you would think you would want this trial to go now, right? You'd want this trial to go now. Hey, look, you you yourself said, hey, his lawyers have this, 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 this. Go for it, baby. What do you got to wait 12 months for? Why? See, I believe that Trump knows he's guilty. He doesn't want this to happen before the voting starts because he doesn't want to be convicted before voters get a chance to vote for him or not for him. You see, he's not an innocent man. If you if I'm an innocent man, I'm like, I don't want to I don't even want to wait till next year. I want to get out there now. I want to get this in front of a in front of jury now. But he doesn't want that. So he's complaining these ridiculous complaints. Well, it's a day after New Year's. So who cares? That's when everything's people go back to work on January 2nd. There are many people who will be in court the day after New Year's because that's like not a fucking holiday anymore. OK, it's when everything starts going again. So this whole idea is it's a day after January 1st. So what? So what? Then he says, wait a minute. It's going to be two weeks before the voting starts. Election interference. What do you mean election interference? Isn't it already? Aren't the indictments already election interference he has said that a million times that all these charges are election interference great so wouldn't you want to be acquitted of these charges before the voting starts so they cannot interfere in your election if you're letting them drag this court case out to march april may june aren't you then aiding and abetting election interference if you're so innocent i'd want if i were innocent i'd want to prove this now i'd want to get over before the and show the voters how it was a witch hunt and I won and I'm an innocent man. He doesn't want to do that, Bill, because he knows he's a crook. Well, you know, I don't understand Donald Trump. I never will, and I certainly don't want to see him reelected. But I was just, we'll see what happens. You know, I put it out there. Time will tell. Um, and I'll, we won't know till the jury deliberates and comes Bill, back. Bill, convicted... I don't want to hear any tears from you. Let's put it this way. I'm not going to be shedding any tears. I'm not. I just No problem. You know, I, I have yeah. no need to be Donald Trump's lawyer. I'd rather be a lawyer for someone worthy. I'm just talking about the Constitution. Whenever I make an argument, it's all based on constitutional basis, and it well, goes from there. constitutional lawyers who are right-wingers say he doesn't even have to be convicted. He doesn't have to be convicted. He doesn't have to be indicted. There's, there's enough there just to get him on that out right now. He doesn't have to be convicted. They're not saying anything about conviction. They're saying that there's enough evidence. You don't have to prove it in a court of law. You don't need that high bar. As you're, you know, he's not being, if, he, if he's told he can't run for president again, he's not being put in jail. He just can't run for president again. Doesn't mean he's a fucking, what is that? So what? Who has the privilege, the right to run for president? In other words, it's a lower bar than what you're saying. These constitutional lawyers say the bar is much lower. It's not about convicting. It's not a court of law. He's not going to jail. He's just being told, you can't run for president again, Mr. 80-year-old. So what? So according to these right-wing constitutional lawyers, they say that right now there's enough 
evidence out there to use this constitutional amendment to prevent him from running again. That's what they Yeah, said. but you've also got, you got Robert Barnes. And, we're getting an echo here. we got Robert Barnes and esteemed constitutional lawyer as well, we're, we're totally with a different set of arguments. So, again, it's not that that, hmm. whatever, uh, it's, it's going to be what it's going to be. This okay, might go to we, the Supreme maybe, Court. This stuff might go to the Supreme Court, obviously. You're talking about yeah. constitutional issues and the interpretation exactly. of the Constitution. Right. Whether, when it comes to whether he can be on the ballots or not, whether they can legally disqualify him from ballots, I'm sure that's going to go, if it gets that far. I'm, I don't think it will. They'll go well, but that, that, you're assuming that if the Dominion machines, if the report was withheld for two years, which it was by two university professors on the hackability of the machines, then, then obviously he may have had that information or may not. Either way, the... the the vulnerability is there, which gets caused. How can you say that he's can be impeached for somehow, or I'm sorry, convicted of, or even not allowed to run when it's entirely possible the election wasn't properly counted and needs to be recounted? Right to incite a riot because you believe the election wasn't fair, Bill. It doesn't That's, give you that, the right. Are you going? Whoa, 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 whoa! Rayettes helped incite that, and the, on the east side of the building, well, it was totally peaceful. No, but he went to court on all of these things, and he lost already. He went to court on the Dominion stuff, and he lost through the legal process. He lost. If you lose through a legal process, you have other options, which is other legal channels if you can find them. But once you hit a brick wall and you've gone through all the legal processes and you've lost, you then have lost. You can't just give yeah, me saying, well, no, I'm right, I can do what the fuck I want, and therefore I can install fake electors. No one says if you believe, right or wrong, that the election machines are hackable, that you have the right to install fake electors to overturn an election. Bill, those two things have nothing to do with each other. It's the alternate right electors. To install the fake electors might. to overturn the, right, the vote of the people. You don't have if, that right. If, if there's... If there's cause for a recount, alternative no, electors are... Bill, Bill, I don't want to... You cannot install fake electors because you think you were wronged. Even if you're 130% right, you can't install... You can't... You and Giuliani and the fucking hair gel and the shit running down his face and the slimy motherfucker that he is and five other people cannot try to strong-arm people to, to overturn an election by installing fake electors, and they have evidence that these people did this, and these people are going to go to D.C., and they're going to testify and say, that man made us do this. There's no way he's going to win that case. He's not. Well, I would, I, I predict that it's going to be dropped. We'll see what happens. I, I'm not going to argue with the you. I'm just seeing it The only thing that's going to be dropped is his candidacy for president if he possibly enters a plea bargain, and part of the plea bargain is he goes away. That could be very possible. We know that. But I can tell you that 92% of federal cases end in conviction, either conviction or some kind of a plea bargain. Only 8% of the time in federal cases do people end up not guilty. So your high bar might be the case, but 92% either have to plea bargain or go to jail. That's the, those are the facts. Those are the hard numbers. So Donald Trump, D.C. jury, jury. I don't know. <laughs> I don't think it looks good. I'd make okay. a deal. If I was his lawyer, I'd say, let's, let's make a deal. And a part of that deal 
that maybe keeps you out of jail is that you're just not going to run for president at 80. Buddy, stop fucking running for president. Okay, my experience with the courts, it doesn't matter what happened before. When you have new information, and he does regarding the, the machines and the Fed's erection, we could talk all about that. You can, boy, that's owned under the bell of wax. Then more has come, has come out more recently about that, about the feds were all over it. The feds were inciting it. The feds were in, in the building. I mean, anyway, that all being aside, we, you know, you're, you're very excited tonight. I understand it, but we'll, in time, we'll see. We'll talk about it again, if you like, you know, and we'll see what comes well, down. Going away, that's for sure. Unfortunately, right. he ain't going away. That's what right, right. And so can we pivot and talk about something else? Or you want to end the call? People go away, but bad people never do. Do you have an answer to that? I know that's a that's a big question. That's an existential question. Go ahead. Well, either way, let's hope DeSantis and RFK Jr. join forces and they win. You know, that's what I would like to see. It's not like I'm arguing well, this. DeSantis says he yeah. wins. He will be joining forces with RFK because he'll be on that'll the be good. Cabinet. He'll be running a EPA or who or the NIH or something. What the hell? See, right. He's qualified for a lot of things, Bobby Kennedy. You know, he he is. A lot of different things. You know, so. You know, Absolutely. No, FBI. A lot of stuff. That would be nice. Yeah. Wouldn't that be great, really, Bill? You have to agree. Wouldn't that be like real justice if a Kennedy became head of the FBI or CIA? That's and just and just revamp the whole thing. I mean, that would be pretty amazing. That would be, and that would be a wonderful, um, a wonderful thing for America. You know, and so let's. I hope and pray that it happens. Hey, can you, um, can you vouch for Dale? Is Dale a good guy? Yeah, Dale's, you know, Dale and I have been talking on and off for, I can't remember how long, at least eight, nine months and calling. And he's a pretty good guy. Um, um, so, sure, I mean. Uh, <laughs> yeah, that's fine. Yeah. Sure listen, I know you might probably move on. There's a lot more we can talk. Some new posts I, I put in the live chat. You might want to review them. We could talk about them tomorrow. Some new statistics out of the UK on the vaccine uh, deaths and CDC, and this all came out today. You and, know, uh, Bill, going back to what you yeah. said about lawyers having a defense, I mean, they can lawyers come up with a lot of things. I mean, look at look at Biden's lawyers. He's a, he's the president, and if he says free speech doesn't matter, it doesn't. That's their defense. That's a good one, isn't it? That's a great. <laughs> well, oh, boy, that let me tell you something. <laughs> The lawyer's job is reduced exposure and liability, and they'll lie and say anything to do it. Hey, what's and Mike? Let me ask you something. What's the difference between the lawyer and a prostitute? Wait a minute. Hold on. The difference? Something about body, money, money, money? No, body. Uh, <laughs> tell me, what is it? What is it? A prostitute will stop fucking you when you're dead. Oh, Jesus <laughs> Christ. That's great. That's fantastic. <laughs> I, I haven't heard that one before. <laughs> yeah. What's yeah. the difference between a lawyer and a prostitute? The prostitute will stop fucking you when you're dead. I love that. I'm telling That's you, right. I'm stealing that baby. The like, lawyer will go after your probate estate. I know. I had that experience. Those fucking lawyers are goddamn grave robbers. That's a great joke. <laughs> I love Oh, oh, hey, before you go, I wanted to yeah. ask this general question, but maybe you followed this, maybe you haven't. Have you followed uh -huh. that woman who was on the plane and said the person next to me isn't real? Have you followed this? 
I haven't heard about it. Nothing. You want to tell us? The real hot woman with the big tits. And she was, no, she, no. she, she said the person next to her, she went crazy. She's like, the person next to me is not real. He's not real. And she like ran off the plane and American airlines or whatever airline it was has, has banned her from ever being a passenger. And it turns no. out, and they're trying to figure out, is this woman crazy? What is it? Is she, was she seeing an apparition? What the fuck was it? And, uh, it turns out she's like this rich woman who lives in like a $2 million home. I think like a very, um, successful ad agent or something and very in the business world, very successful, very wealthy, $2 million house. And now she's coming out and doing interview. I thought you might've heard about it. I thought you no, no. It's, it's, so what, what is she trying to say that the person next to her was a clone or something? What she or was saying. Was... She like, she jumped up and said something like that. That person isn't real. That person next to me isn't real or something. And everyone thought she was insane. Okay. They took photos of her, but she's very good looking like young blonde, Really big tits, hot body. I can, I can tell you enjoyed that aspect of it. Yes, yes. <laughs> everyone, everyone on social media is talking about how hot she is, you know. And it turns out she's also very, you know, successful and wealthy, and doesn't seem like a crazy person. So I, people are trying to figure out exactly what happened. She hasn't spoken now, and now I think she's gonna maybe to start talking. So who knows? Well, but this could be a couple of things. One, she could have been uh, having. Uh, a, a mental lapse. It could also be that uh, she's crazy. The other thing is maybe she's just trying to get some attention. Now, now she's on the pages. Uh, pages. Attention. And everyone's, all the men are saying how hot she looks. Of course. Yeah, interesting. No matter what comes of this, you know, she said, well, I was delusional, but still they'll be like, hey, baby. You know what I mean? She, now she's probably got a lot, a big following. You know I, mean? uh, I, I, I hadn't thought of that, you know, that really base purient, purient <laughs> reason for doing yeah. it. But I guess that could, be, that could be it. You know, people just want attention. And nowadays, well, you got me. if you do something yeah. crazy on the plane these days, uh -huh. you're automatic celebrity of some kind. Yeah, that's true. Because nowadays, there's such, you know, everyone's just on, their nerves are so high, afraid when it comes to flying, that if mm. anyone does anything, all of a sudden, it's all over the social media, right? It, it spreads like yeah. It could be anything, right? It could be children who aren't picking up the popcorn off the floor and all that nonsense. It could be anything. It's really bizarre. I remember when flying was fun. Not so much anymore. Well, <laughs> yeah, that... that that's the truth. That's like of that, yeah. Well, Mike, um, listen, so um, I'm sure you want to move on and uh, talk about other issues uh, tomorrow. I'm, I'm just going to uh, I'm going to talk about a couple of things. All right. I'll, I'll talk to you tomorrow. All right, Bill, thanks. Hey, hey tomorrow's movie night, right? It's certainly you got movie. I, are you going to play Buzz? Uh, you're going to play those those videos? Hey, listen, have you seen? Wait, last thing. All of a sudden, I started seeing a bunch of posts about Mike Obama and Obama writing letters to his ex-girlfriend, how he's fantasizing having sex with men. Did you hear about all that? What? Yes, yes. I just came through. I get a bunch of emails, and then I, I follow Obama? YouTube feeds. Yeah, yeah there's Obama. old letters. Mm -hmm. What's that? Obama wanted to have sex with men? What? Apparently, his old girlfriend submitted some letters that somehow made leaked out that, uh, yeah, that he was right here and talking about how he has had fantasies about having sex with men. And then, of course, the issue comes up that Joan Rivers talked about 
Big Mike actually being a transvestite, and we're all like a tranny. Well, hey, maybe it's been happening all along. We'll see. We'll see, Mike. <laughs> No, well, that's very bizarre. I, that whole story is so weird. So weird. I t- Listen, I'm telling you, he, multiple times he slipped and called her Mike in public. Who, who calls their, their wife, whose name is Michelle Mike? I mean, think about it. That's, that, that, that's kind of weird, that you know. And, and you could see if it were Biden, but, you know, Obama didn't have that. <laughs> <laughs> you, know, you, know, you can see Biden calling what's her name Jill, many different names, but I don't think Obama had dementia. So that that is very odd. That is really bizarre. You you've heard what Joan Rivers said, right? Did you ever hear her talk about it? She, did she ever talk about that? Yeah, she came right out. She was she was getting out of a car, and there was a there was a reporter, and I don't know they were talking, and and somehow it came up, and and oh. <laughs> We've already got a, 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 a tranny, uh, 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 you know, a couple, you know, Mike. Uh, yeah, he said Mike's, Mike's a guy. So it wasn't long after that. Within a week or so, she ended up dead, though. Remember, she ended up supposedly dead from, she had another plastic surgery, supposedly, and she was too much gas or something, or she had a heart attack, or who knows. Well, she went into this kind of, like, you know, uh, fly-by-night operation for some reason. If you have that much money... Why wouldn't you go to like the top notch people? I mean, she went to some like you know, like a massage parlor <laughs> to get to get that work done or something. You know, it was really a cheesy operation. I mean, where they were talking yeah. to her, they were taking photos of her when she was asleep, and they were laughing. Wow. Yeah, they were taking photos of her when she was asleep, and they were putting it like on social media or something, and they were laughing about here's Joan Rivers under, on, you know, it's like it, it was very weird, very weird. that woman. She had an addiction to surgery. I'm like, what? I mean, she yeah. ended up looking. Remember, she had a thin face. Remember, she was thin of, and a lot of quirky. Those people have that. A lot of those women and men too. Biden's had surgery, don't you? It looks like sure. Yeah, Biden's had some tucking. He's had some face, you know, elasticity things done. There's no doubt about it. I don't think it's worked for him either. But he looks totally different. That's good. Wait, wait. I'm going to propose another thing. Just like. Tom Cruise has a double to act so that, you know, stunt act to do certain things or multiple. Yeah, like four of them. And they all look yeah. like them. They all look alike. They do. And I don't, uh, they may have minor surgery to more, look more like Tom. I don't, I don't think that's Biden. I think that's a stand in. I do. I, I, my, my cons- we're never going to find out, but I don't think that's him. Uh, I really don't. Wouldn't they get a better stand in? <laughs> no, because he's got, he can't act that sharp because Biden's never been sharp. So he can, now we know he has early odds. You know what I mean? <laughs> That's pretty funny. I, I don't know. Mike just wrote something weird. Not Mike. What's his name? Hold on. Oh, Dale. I hate, not Dale. No, Dale's fine. No, no. Testing. Whoever testing is. Testing. Oh, I don't. That David Sachs is uh, censoring me. David Sachs isn't censoring me. It's ridiculous. First of all, David Sachs is a, libertarian right right wing guy who supports Ron DeSantis and can't stand Trump. Why would he censor me? He should love me. Doesn't make any sense. Not censoring me. So I don't know I don't know what that's all about. I don't I've know never been told what to say. I've never ever had anyone from call in, including David Sachs, criticize me at all or tell me not to say this or don't say that or don't do this or don't do that or don't curse or don't do nothing. So I don't know what he's talking about. Just wanted to clear that up. 
Just once. I don't know. Maybe, maybe he's. David Sachs once, I think, liked my, uh, on Twitter, you know, he put a heart on one of my podcasts and that was it. Oh yeah. Just once. Yeah. So I don't know. That's the only interaction I've ever had with David Sachs. Well, this clown may be referring to me because I had trouble. I was working with Charlie Weiser that I don't know if he's criticizing you or me. Is he criticizing you or me, this clown? Uh, well, I don't I don't know. I just, all I said is oh, I've just read that one where it says David Sachs is censoring Mike. Yeah, well, in my case, what I was the fact of the matter is I tried to work with Charlie Weiser. And despite the fact that I tried a different device, a different account, going full data, I tried every fix they told me. All I heard was there's glitches, and I haven't been able to publish after my first six rooms, and there's nothing more I can try. Yeah. So so I simply DM'd Charlie and said, well, then just post my rooms. I mean, I'm okay with it. Uh, you got my go-ahead, and they never have since then. I know, I know. So, yeah. you know, that's all. That's a reality. That's a fact. I know. We get, you know, so I get a lot of clowns coming into my room with wise-ass comments who – because they can't discuss any facts with me, any reality. So they always got some fucking sidewinder. That may be, I, I muted that clown. So it could be he's really critical of me, not you. I don't really know. And I don't give a shit. When people like that can't discuss things on the up and up or, or address anything according to facts and receipts like I bring. And all they have is that hominem attacks. Like you, you write stuff in the chat all the time, but you also talk. All the time. But you also yeah. talk. I don't mind that, you know, but people who just write in the chat and never have the balls, like the Trump, they're like, they're right. they have no balls to actually speak. It is, uh, I have no time for that stuff. So, yeah, yeah. All right, brother. So thanks for, uh, appreciate it. good to have a little heated discussion with you tonight. We'll look okay. forward to a little fun tomorrow night. <laughs> All right. Thanks, Mike. All right. All right. Um, I did want to, uh, Dale, I'll give you the last word. By the way, Dale, you seem like a really nice guy. Bill just vouched for you. So if you're a friend of Bill, um, I, I kind of, I, I host a show on my own. I don't do any other speakers unless it's like a, uh, you know, I have a guest on every once a month or something. I have like a guest speaking about something, you know, like a, someone who's an expert in some field or whatever. You know, I've had Ian Miller. Ian Miller, by the way, wrote the book Masked. Um, uh, he's read a couple, of, go on Amazon and he read, read about all the COVID crap. All the bullshit. And speaking of Ian Miller, here he is on my on my on my on my Twitter feed. But I'll give you the last word, Dale, at the end of the show, if you want to come on and recap anything or talk about anything I've uh, talked about. So don't go anywhere. Stay there. Stay there. Uh, Ian Miller um, just wrote the L.A. Times. This is from the L.A. Times, uh, like today, not a year ago, not two years ago, not even three years ago. The L.A. Times of today said. COVID-19 is heating up all around this summer. Should we be wearing masks again? Should we be wearing masks again? Should we have more mask mandates? And this is written by, this was in the LA Times, August 9th of this year, two days ago. Okay. Um, COVID-19 is heating up all around this summer amid the latest coronavirus uptick in California. Health officials reiterate the same advice. Masks work. But it's a personal preference. When oh, it's a oh, thank you. This is by um, Rong Gong Lin the second. Rong Gong Lin the second. What is it with Asians and their obsession with masks? What is it? Now I understand the China thing because of the pollution. That was the reason, by the way, 
the reason people in China have always worn masks isn't, isn't because of cold viruses, because of pollution, because the pollution in China is so awful that they wear masks there. Um, I think it's gotten a little bit better, but still not great. They do it, but they don't do it in Mexico City. Pollution's pretty bad there. All right, but the Chinese have this obsession with masking. So seriously, and once again, I'm not, I'm, I'm not making this up, okay? I'm not trying to be racist, um, but 90% of the people in San Francisco who are still, to this day, wearing masks are Asian. I understand there's also a lot of Asians here. It's a high percentage of the population, but still. And that's why San Francisco has the most masked people, right? If you look at, still, if you look at like San Francisco, Seattle, they have a lot of masked people remaining, especially San Francisco, because the Asian population is so high and Asians love wearing masks. But I don't understand this obsession. And whenever I see a story or a suggestion between like April of 2020 and still now on social media or uh, an opinion piece in the paper, it's almost always written by an Asian or an Asian doctor saying we should wear masks again. So the Asians have a particular, no one wants to talk about, only Mike Kachopoli, I sound like Donald Trump now, only Mike Kachopoli will talk about this because everyone else is afraid of seeing being racist. But it's just a fact that Asian people are wearing masks still. The people wearing masks are mostly Asians, and the Asian doctors are the ones who push masks the most during the pandemic and now. Why? There's a direct correlation between Asians and mask wearing, and it has nothing to do with China and pollution. We're in this country. We're not in China. Some people might think we are sometimes. I get it, but we're in the United States, and they're obsessed with masks. This is a, this is a direct correlation one plus one equals two. And no one will talk about this because they'll perceive as being racist. But it's just the truth. It's just the truth. Like black on black crime is the is the most significant crime, especially in inner cities. No one will talk about that because they're perceived to be racist. The Asians in the mask wearing is is 100 percent accurate. But most people won't talk about it because of they're afraid of being perceived to be racist. I obviously, for some reason, don't care. So. But this is it. So here's this Rong Gong Lin bringing up this article in the Times, L.A. Times, saying, should we all be wearing masks again? Now, Ian Miller, once again, as always, has said it's astonishing how committed the media is to fear mongering on COVID and ignoring years of evidence, especially from L.A. showing masks don't work. And he put in one of his great charts showing L.A. and how the mask mandates meant nothing. Mask mandates meant nothing. Cases were the highest during the mandated periods. It was even lower when the, when they weren't mandated, when there were no masks. So Ian, once again, provides direct evidence over the course of three and a half years how masks are garbage. They didn't work. They don't work. And yet they continue to write these stories as though masks work, right? COVID's coming back. So we should bring, in other words, they're making the correlation between masks and COVID goes away. And once again, anyone with a fucking brain, anyone with an IQ over 20 would say, well, if all that masking worked, we did it so often, why is COVID coming back? Didn't, why didn't the masks, all that mask wearing, two years of mandates in California, why didn't it make COVID go away forever? How can it be coming back if we masked for two fucking years? No one puts two and two together. Because they don't want to, because they're fucking idiots with an agenda. They're morons. 
with an agenda, period. Uh, you know, there's a lot of DeSantis clips that I was going to play. He has a couple of ads out. He's now putting up ads in Iowa and New Hampshire. Very, very good ads, well-placed ads, smartly placed ads. Well, good timing a couple of weeks before the first debate. And he's starting to put up ads. And he put up a couple of really good ads, okay, which basically highlight his accomplishments and a little bit of Trump's failures. Um, and he also talks about how Trump is out there bashing the Republican governors of Iowa and New Hampshire, states that he is running in a Republican primary, which, of course, makes no sense, right? Um, and they've been good conservative Republican governors who the Republicans in those states like. And when you look at New Hampshire, especially, everyone likes Sununu, even Democrats. So it's idiotic to bash these governors. Um, so he defends Kim Reynolds and Iowa and so on and so forth. And there's some good clips here. And there's also one where he um, he talks a little bit about, so do I want to play these? Maybe I'll play a little bit of it. Then we'll go to Dale and then we'll end the show. Um, let me see. Let's see. Let's see. Let's see. Let's see. Okay. This is, um, this is a good one where he talks about, he talks about, uh, why he's running for president. All right. And I've, I've always thought this is important that he's running to actually do a job. So many people run because they want to be president, right? Like Joe Biden, how many times did he run? Five, six, seven, 20 times? He just wanted to be, he wanted to be president and he became vice president because he thought it would give him the best chance to be president. Donald Trump just wants to be president, right? He likes the title of President Trump. And I think a lot of people that run, run because they want to be president of the United States. They want that, you know, uh, moniker, right? They want to be known as the president, right? And he's not. And here it is. This is him talking about, like, why he's running for president. And let's just be honest. There's some people that are not running really to be president, right? They're running for who knows why they're running, but but they're they're running. The only reason I'm running is I'm running to win. I'm running to serve and I'm running to get the job done for you. But I think you could say, why would you want to do that? And the fact that I've dedicated my life to service to this country in a variety of capacities should show you uh, that what motivates me is, is a higher purpose. Uh, it's not about me. It's not about the fanfare. You know, we've got, you know, governor, it's great, great job. Um, but I don't care about the fanfare of being governor. I care about delivering results for people. And that's what, what motivates me. And it's the same thing here. Um, I've always felt uh, a sense of gratitude to this country. I've always felt uh, uh, lucky to have been born an American, uh, and I've always felt the responsibility to ensure that all the people through all these generations that have sacrificed, fought, and even some who gave the last full measure of devotion for us, that, that those are sacrifices that we appreciate and that we don't squander the great heritage of liberty that we've been given. Uh, and that'll be my mindset going in. Um, I'm going in to serve you. Uh, I'm not going to be somebody. I'm going to do something. I'm going to reverse the decline of this country. So thank you all. God bless you. Yeah, that's important. Like you said, some people just want the title. 
other people run for other reasons, right? Because they want to get some publicity out of it. They want, uh, a, you know, they want to be vice president, maybe, or they want a cabinet, whatever. But to really run, to want to change things, right? To really run, to want to make other people's lives better is uh, kind of rare, I think. I think it's it's actually incredibly, incredibly rare. Um, but releasing the ads now in Iowa, New Hampshire, perfectly timed ads are, I think, brilliant, right? I think it's, it's, it's perfect timing. You got a couple of weeks to the first debate. Uh, he's been really hitting every county in Iowa. He's been going back and forth between Iowa and New Hampshire. He has established himself as a candidate, as, a, as an actual person running for president, like he says, to do good things. Um, he's actually talked about his accomplishments, and he has presented himself as someone who has gotten the job done in Florida and will do around the country as president. And he has not spent his first few months running for president attacking Donald Trump the way Donald Trump attacks him constantly, right? He was even loath to talk about Trump at the beginning. Now that he's established himself, right, as someone with real policies, with real things he wants to do, with a real agenda, now he's ramping it up slowly but surely when it comes to refuting Trump's ridiculous, obviously ridiculous uh, ad hominem attacks against him, but also going after Trump's record as president and the way he's running a campaign now and how that is not winnable when it comes to next November in a general election. But I think we will talk more about this tomorrow. I'll play some of his clips. I'll, I'll, I'll queue up his uh, ads if you haven't already seen them and, and, uh, and play that. And uh, we'll talk a little bit more about the race, the state of the race, and uh, Donald Trump's problems. And just, you know, we've talked about this a million times. The reason why we just can't take a chance, the Republican Party just cannot take the chance of putting this guy up <laughs> in a general election under all these indictments, possibly convictions, with all of his baggage and uh, just his uh, self-censored nature, where it's obvious to anyone who's not in that cult, meaning independents, Democrats, moderate voters, that he's in it for himself. And he's just simply, simply can't win. And, and finally, I don't know if you've heard of the Gateway Pundit, but he's one of these people on Twitter who's like cat turd, who's just a, you know, a total Trump cultist. And their refusal, we talked about this yesterday, their refusal to cover DeSantis suspending another Soros-backed prosecutor really tells the story of who they are, right? Remember they have this ridiculous DeSantis is endorsed by Soros narrative? Remember they were trying to spread this? They were trying to spread this in insane narrative that he's endorsed by Soros. Well, now this is the second Soros-backed prosecutor that he suspended. And, of course, they won't, they won't cover it. Because it goes against their narrative. It goes against their ridiculous narrative. And they don't want to give him any credit. Oh, finally, speaking of credit. So uh, I don't know if anyone's heard about this, but do you know that the FBI raid or something, the, the guy that was killed in Utah, evidently he had threatened Biden and the FBI took him out. Something happened. There was an altercation and they, they killed him. Well, I'm watching the mainstream media and they lead with this. 
they talk about the story, then they go, and also the uh, the truth, the, the Trump's truth social, and the way they alerted the FBI. I'm thinking, wait a minute. So now, all of a sudden, they would never give Trump credit for anything for the last eight years. They certainly wouldn't give Trumpers, and Truth Social is mostly Trumpers, any credit for anything over the last eight years. In fact, they are horrible people, right? They're domestic terrorists, they're deplorables. Now, all of a sudden, all of a sudden now, they're giving Trump not only his truth, they're not calling it truth social, they're calling it Trump's truth social. So they're saying Trump's truth social alerted the FBI of how dangerous this guy was and what a threat he was. So they helped the FBI take him out, right? They alerted the FBI about this domestic terrorist threat. And all of a sudden, they're giving them all this credit. Why all of a sudden are they giving Trump all this credit, calling it Trump's Truth Social, and giving the people on Truth Social who are Trumpers credit. Well, it's obvious why. Because the left wants Trump to be the nominee. So now all of a sudden, they're building him up. Remember how Hillary and the Democrats built Trump up in 2016 because they thought he was the weakest candidate? They were kind of right, but they ended up biting him in the ass because Hillary was so weak. But now they know it. Now they're right that Trump is absolutely the weakest candidate. So they wanted to be the nominee. So now all of a sudden, they're giving Trump and his, his uh, social media platform and his people, his cult, credit. <laughs> it's so utterly transparent. It's uh, that these people, are, talk about deplorables. The, the mainstream media, these are the left-wing media. These are deplorables. They are absolutely, relentlessly deplorable. So transparent. So transparent. It's it's amazing. Uh, just, uh, uh, it's 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 mind blowing. It really is, mind blowing. Okay, um, I think we'll take this to tomorrow. Yes, there will be a movie review. I'm I'm hoping to see, uh, what's what movie? Gran Turismo. That's the uh, the racing film about the it's I'll, I'll tell you more, but it's, you know, about those kids who get into, you know, racing and it's supposedly like a underdog sports story. We'll see. But I think that's going to be my review tomorrow. All right. Um, but also we'll, I'll play some DeSantis clips and we'll talk more about all this. And um, uh, I want to just uh, I don't know where Dale went. I was going to give him the last word, um, but I don't know. Maybe maybe Dale doesn't get it. Maybe a lot of people on this uh, call-in app don't get it. I don't do party rooms. I do a talk show. Under, remember Rush Limbaugh? Let's not forget Rush Limbaugh, right, whether you liked him or not. Did Rush Limbaugh didn't have on co-speakers. Rush Limbaugh didn't have on co-hosts. Rush Limbaugh did the show, talked about issues. We have on guests from time to time, as I do, would take callers, give them a little time, get rid of them, go to the next caller, talk more about an issue. Most of Rush Limbaugh's show was Rush Limbaugh. That doesn't mean Rush Limbaugh didn't care about speech or, or free speech. This is not a party room show. I, I don't do co-hosts. I am the host of this show. This is a talk show on call-in. So 
that's the deal. And hopefully, maybe maybe people can get the word to Dale and others that um, if I put someone on twice, I'm just being nice. I've done it for Bill a few times. I've done it for other people. Um, but most of the time, I just have on one call. You get once a day, right? One call a show, and that's it. Uh, so that's the way this works. Just think of talk radio. It's real simple. I'm sure you've listened to talk radio, right? That's the way it works. It's not a, a party room. It's not a free for all. It's not Mike and Dale or Mike and someone else taking calls. And, and uh, you know, that's not the way it goes. Uh, but I'm sure there are other rooms that do that. I'm sure. So enjoy it. But anyway, the name of this show is And Let's Be Heard. And it airs weeknights, 11 p.m. Pacific, 2 a.m. Eastern time, which means I'll see you right back here for a big end of the week Friday night show tomorrow night. OK, but until then, this is Mike Kachopoli reminding you that your influence counts. Use it.